0: Yeah uh, to the other's gang Two sisters, both curious and strange Unlikely duo and they witty from the brain It's the magic hour Mercedes and Jay
1: Welcome, boys and babes, to our little life-giving podcast we so gratefully live our bliss through. It's the Magic Hour, a place where we navigate through life's peaks and valleys with all the vulnerability and shamelessness we can muster. With the help of world-class guests from all walks of life, we uncover new truths and valuable tools for manifesting our highest potential. I'm your host Mercedes Terrell along with my partner in shine Jade Bryce. Hey
0: you guys, I just wanted to send a big thank you for the heartwarming reviews that you guys have been sending in on the podcast app. Mercedes and yeah. I feel so loved and just so seen when you guys send those in. So, thank you so much for making that effort.
1: Yeah, we really really do. We're so lucky to have y'all in our corner. And we have a really special show for you today with a man whose work is lighting up his corner of the world, and perhaps that's largely because he is amazing at speaking beauty directly into people. Uh, I know that when I started listening to his show, the Expand podcast, I was just kind of in awe about how good he is at doing that. I think it's a really super, super powerful skill, in my opinion, to be able to speak beauty into people that way, so...
0: Yeah, it it really is. That's something, you know, that we both love about Tom and something we talked about in his episode. Yeah. And it's something that I, I love so much in other people when they do it. And I'm working on making sure that every time I think beauty, I just speak it out loud. So I'm really striving for that in my life also.
1: Agreed. And I think at first, especially it's it's much easier said than done because we've got these little rampant egos running around in our heads that have all these reasons to to not speak beauty when we see it because we're afraid of how we're going to get judged by saying something kind to someone else. And that's such an ass backwards way of thinking of things. But we do that as humans. I know I did or I do still um, fall into that old pattern. But it's really something I'm working on, too. And I think even being on the show has helped both of us, Jade. Yeah. All right. Well, then let's get into it, shall we? Let me introduce a soul who radiates the desire to motivate the world to overcome illusionary boundaries. His experiences in martial arts, world travels, and mindful practices continue to transform his life in ever-expanding ways. He's built an environment for discovery, communication, and the betterment of all through his brand Expand. His journey has already touched the hearts of many, and we're looking so forward to our conversation with him today because we know whatever he to share, will be a light for those who are willing to listen. So with that, please welcome Zarin
2: Beatty to the show. <laughs> Hello. Hey there. Thank you both very much. That was um, very <laughs> heartwarming. it's nice.
1: Well, um, so before we jump in, I have to admit something to you that I kind of feel like an asshole about, but... I'm just going to put it out there. Um, so when I first started listening to your show, I noticed myself getting like a little agitated and and like annoyed annoyed um, while I was listening. And I think it was because you're so openly like loving to your guests. And I know that sounds like why would you be annoyed with that? But for my own re- messed up reasons that came up as like, you know, quote unquote fake to me. And I even thought something along the lines of this guy's he's, he's like a little too woo woo for a man. And I guess I'm used to hearing women with that vibe, but because you're a dude, it triggered me for some reason. So I'm saying all this for a reason. I promise it's not a bad one. It's a great one. As I noticed, (laughs) you're like, this is not going well. Um, (laughs) As I noticed, I was getting annoyed by this, right? I noticed I was getting triggered. I stopped and thought about why, like, why, why is this irking me? And I realized that you know, my own domestications were obviously giving me the discomfort. Basically it was my own predisposed bullshit notions and lies. I've been telling myself for most of my life about what a man, you know, quote unquote should be like. So rest easy. It's not you, it's me. And I just wanted to thank you like sincerely thank you for helping me see where I'm still holding on to and encouraging toxic masculinity in the men in my life. Um, and men I'm listening to even on on podcasts. Uh, and, and all while I'm trying to, you know, attempting to be some sort of champion for for healthy modern masculinity. So I had to call myself on my own bullshit there. So all this to say, I'm really, really thankful for you showing me that and even though you may not have realized that you are being a light in this way, through talking on your show, to people like me who are listening mm-hmm. and got to dig through their shit to figure it out. So I, I really, I'm really, really
2: thankful for that. Thank you for sharing all of that.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and, a big well, with that in mind, um, Zaren, before you got on, Mercedes was actually telling me that you have a really amazing ability to speak beauty into people. Mm-hmm. And that's made really apparent when listening to your show. So I wanted to ask if that was something that you always were good at, or was it a skill that came through later in life?
2: Thank you both for recognizing just that part of me, I guess. Because a lot of people, I don't feel like a lot of people recognize that and I don't do it to be recognized. But the other night, Jade sent me a message and it really hit home in terms of like me being who I am is being recognized in a way that's actually meaningful. And I feel like that's the beauty in being your true self is that your true self can be loved and recognized back. And so this kind mm. of concept it stood out to me very very early in my life where both of my parents had a really hard childhood and they from my knowledge of what they've shared were never really told that they were loved. So when I would because they and and I and I know they both love me more than anything on the planet So, when I would say, I love you back, there was this really beautiful response in them that it kind of would catch them off track and be like, oh, I am worthy of love. So, this was recognized very, very young and then very naturally just kind of bled into how I would treat people and just kind of genuinely sharing what I perceive about this person. And without fear or worry or care of who thinks what, like that's actually never really been a part of it. So I, it's actually kind of beautiful to hear that that part of me, kind of created a struggle within yourself, Mercedes. And <laughs> mm-hmm. one of the biggest things that I've learned from plant medicine or being around people like Don Howard or or even Aubrey Marcus and these people that. Really embody what they share and what they've learned is that when we embody our pure potential or who we kind of have become to be, the rest isn't up to you anymore. Like, if you like buckle down and be humbled in your own skin, the entire world's response of you is no longer up to you because you've done the best that you can do for that moment entirely. And I don't know. I mean, it feels, it's beautiful. Actually, so this is so crazy. So I'm doing the uh, the Faith for Service Mastermind with with Aubrey right now. And mm. we did an ecstatic dance during our first meetup in, in Austin. And during the dance, he said, like, spread love to, like, your brothers and sisters, like, the tribe around you, the people who you really care for. And me literally sharing love to the people around me, I was feeling the love myself so deeply so deeply so with sharing that to other people and pushing and providing it it was actually being felt inside of my body as well and I actually like i left that session with a different heartbeat like it legitimately changed me so when we push our aggression on other people we are feeling that ourselves any emotion Mm -hmm. that we feel or push or provide Mm -hmm. or Project or direct or point or anything like we are the source of that, and you know through uh, martial arts and meditation, all of these components have kind of really highlighted like what we push into the world for me. So just becoming mindful of of all of that, I think that's kind of where your question has brought me into my like my daily behavior now. But it was just kind of becoming aware of the actions of my words as a child. And saying please and thank you to the lunch ladies and seeing how people would respond. Or if I was like, hey, fuck you, how would somebody respond to that? You know, so just kind of watching mm-hmm. my engagement with the world and enjoying the beauty and not really wanting to be around the things that harm, you know.
1: Do you think there's a part of you that doesn't want to change others the way that most people do want to change people around them?
2: That's interesting. This actually this is hard for me because I'm a coach. And being like a coach for mental and physical health, I do my best to meet people where they are and to help people blossom from their understanding and comprehension of the foundation that they live from in their own way. Not in how I think they should be, but like how do you feel like you should be? And where do you feel like like your path and your mission really is? And Like, I mean, I've learned that, you know, through meditation and my own practices with martial arts or my own coaches is they've helped me build my foundation. And that's been the most beautiful gift on the planet. Because when we understand that, then we can kind of see what the sunlight is and what we want to grow towards.
1: So I love that. I think about, you know, Jade and I, that's one of the things we were actively trying to I don't know if employ in our lives is the right terminology there, but whenever you see beauty to speak it, you know, in every way, shape or form, however you can do that. And I think a lot of that comes through having gratitude and then it moves through your body, through your voice sometimes. And that's, you know, being able to speak that beauty back out into the world. But I know that, especially when I initially really started consciously attempting to do that, i felt so super vulnerable even just giving a compliment to another girl for instance especially another girl because those that's my you know competition to my ego self you know so that type of vulnerability i i guess my question is a few things have you in being you know now that you're so fluid and and graceful with speaking beauty into others Was there ever a time where you felt really vulnerable or you got, you know, burnt from practicing that or hurt, you know, by being so open? And then the other part of the question is, how did you move through that pain and recover? And and how can we better? um, How can we be better at sending love out unconditionally? Beautiful. I think that's, the, that's maybe the better, the biggest, the, the part of that question that matters is how do we be better about sending love out unconditionally? Unconditionally, <laughs> underline <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Um.
2: So for me personally, it seems that there's been some form of deep knowing that when people don't accept it, it has nothing to do with me. And... Mm. Whether it was my parents, like they did an unbelievable job at raising me, but also they came from a rough background and that builds like patterns into people. It doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter if you're a good person or not, a pattern is going to be built and ingrained inside of your body. And same for me, you know, good good and bad patterns have now been ingrained in me. So when I respond to people, it probably has nothing to do with them. And I think I really just really felt that and 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 understood it because it genuinely felt as if I was coming from like the bottom of my heart. And for me, like mm. that holds way more ground and way more meaning than like the love or response of another person. And not that I wouldn't... So f- a really good example is like speaking these kinds of things when i was younger to like a beautiful woman i was nervous it's not that i didn't want her to respond well you know it's just like mm-hmm. i've learned who i kind of don't wish to be around in a sense and because of that because like that, that genuinely is a part of my body that i have nurtured for as long as i can remember that i've been able to feel the people on the planet that resonate with that And like the women and the men and like beautiful relationships with women now who I can be this version of myself with, like this deep sense of who I am. And without a doubt, that doesn't come to be without dealing with people who reject you, you know, or who don't ever respond or Mm. think I'm trying to get something from them or whatever it may be, you know? And I've dealt with that a little bit with business pro professionals and business relationships and... Like, it just, when it comes down to it, is that maybe I shouldn't be around them. Maybe I shouldn't be in business with them. If they're not resonating with who I genuinely am. Like, my father, he works with, with doctors. And so, he kind of has to be a certain way in order to, like, get business. And I grew my hair out very long. It was, like, two feet long for, like, four years. And... For me, it boiled down to if I'm around somebody who doesn't accept that part of me, then I don't want to be in business with them anyways. And I was able to really, and it wasn't even in like a, like a, like a hardened manner. It wasn't in like, oh, they, they don't like me. Fuck you. I don't care about you. But it feels like when you can just be that version of yourself, you can more accept and allow the people to flow in and flow out and like, you not know, holding attachment and I'm just I'm really about being fluid mm-hmm. as I've learned more and more through meditation like allowing thoughts to flow on and martial arts allowing to be fluid in the pocket and really understand like be calm mm-hmm. in that in that moment and the best way that I can be calm is not trying to be anybody else but who I am.
0: What do you still have something that comes up that's a struggle still today in being who you are?
2: Hmm. I think naturally we all do, right? And for me It's so fascinating. It could be. I think a big part of where I'm at right now is knowing what I should be doing and knowing when I do the things that I shouldn't be doing. Because I've become so mindful of my like inner world that I'm able to really feel what feels good and what feels wrong. And when I continue to do the things that feel wrong, it does kind of bother me. And it's in a sense of like, like, fuck. Like I'm still like mm. I'm still trying to learn. I'm loving myself and all of these different components. But I've just become hyper aware of that, like internal, like flow of energy, the intuition, the intuition everything. And um, so I really I'm able to feel when I'm more on path and when I'm not on path.
1: And it sounds like f- faith in yourself in a way, you know, faith in your ability
2: for sure
1: confidence in your ability in that. I think we we, uh, we lack that, as, you know, as a whole. We're really lacking there.
2: Yeah, a buddy of mine today mentioned, like, getting in your own way. And mm-hmm. when we, like, when I get on Instagram and I'm scrolling, but I should be working, like, that is legitimately me getting in my own way. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. le- hands down, yeah. nobody else is doing that but me. So, it's just like, <laughs> yeah. good point, man. Good point.
1: I do that often and I go back to that mantra we say a lot, create more than you consume.
2: Mm, like, damn, get damn. off the gram,
1: get off the gram. I like that. You know. Or if you're going to be on the gram, be creating something mm. for it. I need you to know? like put it on the third page of the iPhone instead of the first
0: page because <laughs> sometimes I pick it up to do something, like something yeah. productive. And I accidentally push it. Like, oh, you mean it's habit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like habit of going there. So I like push that and I'm like, what did I pick this up for? What was I supposed to Google? What was I supposed (laughs) to book? Who was I supposed to email? Oh, look at this picture. Oh, that's so cute. And then it's just scroll time, you know? So I need to like move it to the third page of my iPhone. That way Mm -hmm. when I unlock it, it's not like the first thing that I see. That's a good idea,
1: actually. That's a magic trick right there. But and before I know you're going to move us on to that question about magic, um, Jade, Mm -hmm. but um, it was a beautiful segue, by the way. I saw I saw that coming, Jane. <laughs> I liked it, uh, but I wanted to ask you is there, an, or not really ask you, but I just reinstate that idea of when you are speaking beauty or giving a compliment, you're um, allowing what you see to, uh, in someone else to you know maybe you're maybe the better way to say it is when you see the God in someone else and you're speaking that into them no matter how they receive it, even if they take it and turn it into something negative, you know, like you're saying, maybe they feel like you're trying to get something for that from them or whatever way that they take it that might be negative. The thing is, at the bottom of it all, there is no negative because you doing that in the first place is raising the vibration, you know, raising the energy in the first place. So that might be a good um, maybe tool to use in moving through where it feels scary and vulnerable. If someone listening wants to be better at speaking beauty into other people, um, is to remember that no matter what the response of the other person, you gave it from a you know from only truth and love and authenticity. And in doing that, you're raising the vibration like immediately. No matter what, no matter what their response is.
2: Mm-hmm. May I add to that?
1: And I don't even know. Yeah, absolutely. Please. And then cool. I have more. I love it. To I ask love it. you on that. So,
2: <laughs> so powerful. The way that you both described even just genuinely sharing with somebody how you feel about them, like speaking love into them. I freaking love that so much. That really deeply hits home. And for me, even while you were expressing that, it was resonating even deeper in the sense of what's, being perceived in other people it's more about it being felt with other people like felt deeply in my body not it's not a conscious thought of oh this person is this way it's a feeling of this person Mm -hmm. literally is this way and like you You already are are Mm -hmm. this and it's being felt from them and with them and that to me well, it's way more meaning and way more ground than just a thought. Yeah. Like when we feel what we're talking about and it resonates, like that's the beauty I want to be around. That's the beauty I want to embody. Mm-hmm. There's something so deep to it. I love it. I love it.
1: I have a a a qualm with it in my own life where for instance, someone who's super close to me, like it could be Jade, especially with my husband of course, where I can see him so clearly. I feel like I can see him so, so, so clearly. And I will tell him, this is who you are. Like, I I can see it. I know you don't see it right now, but I can totally see it. And it's there. Like, it's just there. You just can't see it. You just need to remove these layers, you know, from your eyes or whatever it is that's blocking you in order to be able to see it so that you can step into it. And I get frustrated. And then I wonder, like, where's the frustration coming from? Like, why do I feel like this forceful energy of like, I I need him to see it. Like, what are we, what are we waiting for? You know, we need to, to move forward, but that's like a me thing and not a him thing. And these are the problems that I try to move through (laughs) in this, on this issue.
2: It's completely common, completely common. Um, I think Aubrey talks a lot about how like there's doing and there's being. So like when you want people to, like, change, like, we want them to do something instead of, like, when we become our potential, then, like, people should and they will naturally kind of move more into their potential. So, Mm -hmm. understanding that and even helping paint that, like, that pathway for this other person, whoever they are, and, like, ultimately, we are on our own journey. But that's where, Mm -hmm. like, the beauty and, like, being around a tribe in a community can help us, like, see our journey more clearly, like the both yeah. of you helped um, articulate who I am in a way that I've never heard before. You just yeah. opened me up to an entirely entirely different way of perception because of how you perceive the world and how you're perceiving me as a person. And you're doing it in a genuine, loving manner. Like That is medicine right there. So when we can communicate these things to each other It's just it's it's amazing when it sticks and when it doesn't and I have family members who probably feel pretty similar like with you Mercedes about that and you know we wish for people to be you know maybe it's who we feel like they should be or be healthier or we know what it's like to be healthier so we want other people to be healthier but it gets so intricate when you kind of really dig deep into that concept. There's so many variables yeah
1: I do notice that um I've been trying to look at it more like planting seeds or not having to be so um I have a very pushy forceful energy you know about me and instead of always trying to articulate it clearly put it out there in front of him or in front of you know whoever it is that I'm dealing with my mom a lot I do this with too where it's all, it's all like, very uh cat like characteristics yeah if you read like that. I feel like I need to <laughs> like shake them you know and help them see but the reality is like you're right. If I just be a light or I just be the change or, you know, do the things that I know I need to do and to step into my higher self, that will light the way for them. They'll they'll follow by example. But, um, also I feel like sometimes Mercedes, we, um, do
0: that with others when we're feeling that way about ourselves, but we've suppressed that feeling. mm -hmm. Like maybe we don't, maybe, maybe we're not feeling, as if we're rising up to our own, Mm -hmm. right. And so it's frustrating us in another, you know, like if I'm around and this is a big, um, form of codependency, but if I'm around someone because codependents think that they control other people's moods. So if I'm Mm -hmm. around someone and I think they're in a bad mood and I take that on and I'm like, um, Oh, I must've annoyed them. It's because I'm, there's something about me that I'm annoyed Mm -hmm. with, Mm -hmm. you know, it's Mm -hmm. like, usually Mm -hmm. it's something that, we're feeling about ourselves
2: that's powerful
0: maybe I don't yeah know. <laughs> well in <and> the <laughs> planting the
2: seeds aspect like that's such a healthy way to be a person because it kind of helps you be who you are and not be attached to the result you know when we get attached to the result inside of another person like where are we even mm-hmm you know what I mean like if 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 our mind yeah. is in that person and our heart and our emotions are invested in their behavior it's so fascinating what can blossom from that alone.
1: Yeah. And the planting seeds idea almost is is too external of an idea. You know it's almost something where I'm asking I'm still I'm still like judging and asking someone else to do something outside of me and that's something I can't control and I'm still trying to have control over it. But I do know that in whatever way that I'm living my life and and um, having an effect on changing my life the way I want it to be changed and uh, speaking beauty into the people around me, I do see them come around. And so, I mean, they come around. It takes time. And, and I think I'm, I'm impatient maybe or I want things now. You know, I want things to like move along at a certain pace. My mom always tells me to like keep – to – to not, not, outpace the, mm-hmm. not outpace the people I want to have around me. Mm-hmm. And that was always a hard thing for me to hear. Like, what do you mean? Like, I shouldn't continue to, you know, strive because these people don't have the same, you know, they're not pushing the same way or whatever. But I think she's right. I think it's a matter of me finding how to stay at a pace with what they, you know, to keep these people around that are still striving and evolving and respect their where they are on their journey right now, mm-hmm. because it's okay that it's different than me, but it's a matter of like how how um I think I have to prove to myself that it's okay, and that's that's the that's the work I'm doing now and I would ask you in your journey um if you've had experiences where you maybe planted a seed with somebody you spoke beauty into somebody and they took it negatively even at first or were at were adverse to it in some way or another. Did they come back around eventually?
2: For did sure, did you see that happen? For sure, and the weird aspect—it's such a great question, by the way. And this, like this, transitions into business. This transitions into any single thing we do, and how one move can literally blossom a decade later. And people don't really want to accept that. So I've you know done things with people in a sense, or planted a seed where it blossomed like 14 years later like think about that wow that is literally like people talk about how like the past present and future are literally all the same thing that past move was in mm-hmm. the present and it literally influenced the future 14 years later and when we kind of yeah i think it's mm-hmm. so important for us to behave in these ways and see the results even if they're years later because for me that's made that's so worth it it. and it's made them so much more realistic and worthwhile of doing and i mean i've you know i've had so many arguments where i've just learned how to kind of behave better in the argument and the other people can you know blow steam and get angry but You know, maybe four months down the road, they appreciate the approach that was given to them and shown to them. You know, and I've been around, like, beautiful women who have kind of helped show me, like, what a beautiful woman could be like. And, like, that's just, like, planting Mm -hmm. a seed, whether it worked out or it didn't work out. You know, so just, like, I don't know. It's so important to plant everywhere we go really
1: yeah or i mean i like how um Aubrey and and eric gottse articulate you know always coming at everything with truth and love and starting starting there and that's the same thing we're talking about i think you know speaking beauty mm-hmm. seeing things as they are authentically are and and saying them the way that they authentically are and when you do that to another person i think you're making mm-hmm. them feel seen and heard and i think that's what we all 100 really at the end of the day and if
0: like Paul Selig talks about that a lot too, like speaking to someone as if they already are,
2: Mm, Yeah, I like that.
0: So as Aaron, each week at the end of our show, Mercedes and I do a segment where we relay a magic trick. And so we describe like a tool or a practice for our listeners and invite them to, you know, implement it into their own lives. And knowing that you have some incredible practices and teachings in your arsenal, we just wanted to see if you had any magic you'd be opening open to sharing with us today. (laughs)
2: It genuinely feels like mindfulness should be or is our superpower, like legitimately. Hmm. It feels like becoming mindful and mindfulness in general is like the thread that weaves every single thing we do or don't do together. It's in martial arts. It's weight training. Be mindful of where your scapulas are. Is your spinal cord safe? being mindful of the timing of your breath and how you exhale when throwing a combination during a fight being mindful of where your breath is in your posture during every moment as many moments as you can possibly do throughout the day being mindful of what you're attaching to while your meditation where your breath is high or low in the body it literally seems to be like the one thing that if we strengthen we will be able to be more authentic be more genuine, be more grounded in as many moments as possible. The more mindful we become while working out, we transfer that skill to our relationships, the more mindful that we will be during a discussion. The more mindful that we will be during a discussion helps us understand how we feel about ourselves and the people we are discussing with. It is literally this beautiful freaking tool That we can grow and strengthen every single moment we are breathing. This has become like the common theme through every moment in my life. During a plant medicine ceremony, during a meditation, making love. Every single thing we do. What are we becoming more mindful of? These thoughts and desires that are separating us from the moment we're even experiencing? Or the deep, beautiful sensations that bind us eternally to that moment of experience? It's like it seems to be this radar that we can shine or show or direct in as many places as we wish to consciously or unconsciously through our intention, through our experiences, through literally applying it, feeling it when it's off, feeling it when it's on, directing it towards the things that we want to feel like beautiful thoughts and seeing how those feel in the body, being mindful of how shitty thoughts feel in the body. Like this is the same concept here. It, it's all becoming mindful, period. It doesn't matter what moment you're in. And it's oftentimes we get we get lost in what we're becoming mindful of instead of honing our perception back into literally the mindful practice itself, which is like it's like the embodiment of our presence, it's our body, we feel everything in our body, every single one of our cells can resonate with something that feels beautiful or not, or something that feels sad, and we cry, like what's happening there, like our body's registering this this information through our entire being. That to me is so fascinating. So to literally just become a little bit more mindful here and there, here and there, over here and over there, as many times as you can. It could be two times a day. But as we just kind of express in a different way, You do two times a day for 10 years, that's a lot of times you become mindful. That will pick up momentum, I promise you. I guarantee you, you will become more mindful the more mindful you become. It's literally, it's like, it's a universal, wisdomized equation. It's very fascinating. And when we fuel that, and when we feed it information, it literally becomes stronger. It's the same thing with intuition like these beautiful things inside of us if we offer them information to like digest we can understand what kind of nutrients we would want to be digesting it's very fascinating
1: yeah I, that's beautifully beautifully said and i feel like it's the same basic thing we know we've heard a million times what you focus on will become your reality what you you know you put your time and energy towards this thing you will build it it will happen whatever it is we know that but yet we still get scatterbrained all over the place we're on instagram or we're, we're we're everywhere else but where we know we we need to be in order to reach our our goals, or where we know we need to be in order to open ourselves towards our higher self. How how do we come back to focus over and over again? I think focusing on the breath.
2: So beautiful, 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 because you're right. It's like, okay, I know what I should do, but now I got to do it. Like, it's a completely different world to implement, like knowing how to eat, how to eat healthy and then eating healthy, right? So, for me, yeah. it seems to be a concept that I refer to as hone, H-O-N-E. Like, learning how to better hone every single part of your perception back into your body. So, the breath. Um, like, if it really feels like the senses, for me, have, like, maximized my mindful practice. And it's how we register the external world around us and we feel that like we can feel when when we hear something if we're like deep enough in our body so everything boils down to sensation so if we're feeling anger that is a sensation that can actually bring us deeper into our body at that point the thoughts are fucking flies in the room those don't matter right now it's the feeling that can ground Mm -hmm. us the feeling of blissfulness, the feeling of, of orgasmic ecstasy, anger, depression, like all of these things that we don't want to feel and we distract ourselves from, like that's where all the gold really is. That's our anchor. That's how we ground into our body. And the more, the more we're able to feel those sensations in like the most subtle aspect possible, and we can barely feel them, but we know we're there. That's how we can ground even deeper or that's how we use less energy to ground. It's like intuition is one of the most beautiful things on the planet in my perspective. And it's probably speaking 24-7, but you don't notice it until like you get this gut feeling that just knocks you in your place. And you're like, I probably shouldn't be here right now. It's been showing you signs the entire time. I almost guarantee you. So, Mm -hmm. how subtle can we feel these sensations, right? So, it just seems to be like ways to ground back into your body, your foundation, your present moment is through sensation, is through the breath, is through becoming mindful for just just a second, just resetting your scapulas, that's your body, Mm -hmm. it's everything you are is inside of your cellular DNA, your nervous system, everything.
1: Yeah. So we have a question from the magic mob, and and maybe it coincides with this. I don't know enough about it to to know if it does or not. But um, Patricia on Instagram says she's heard you speak briefly on the Hara, which comes from Eastern philosophy, I think specifically Taoist, and uh, refers to the center of the etheric or chi body. She's hoping you can explain more about where and what that is.
2: Thank you, Patricia the hara in eastern philosophy it has seemed to be like the center of our gravity the space the perfect balancing position between the heavens and the earth like just this like this harmony of our being in like present living form and it's very fascinating because I've kind of connected these two dots before. I don't know how real they are, but through my experiences, they resonate very deeply and they seem to hold a lot of truth. So the deeper we breathe in our body, the more calm we become, right? When we breathe really heavy, the more easy we are to tip over in terms of our emotional tipping point. Things can tip us out of alignment much easier when we are Feeling anxiety or adrenaline, and we can't focus on something, and it's just there's a weird disconnect. We lower that breath, things slow down, we can now respond instead of react to the environment, both internally and externally. So, with that being a dynamic with the Hara, they mentioned how meditators in that culture would be able to travel much further if they were breathing deeper in their stomach. That was like the anchor, the Mm -hmm. groundedness of their present form for their consciousness to travel in further destinations. Now, bringing this to like a shaman or a healer who, let's say, guides like a Mother Ayahuasca ceremony, I wonder so much about this. How deep are they breathing? What's their pattern? If their consciousness is able to travel much further away, how is somebody with thousands upon thousands upon thousands of ceremonial experiences, how are they actually breathing during that moment? What transitions are they moving into to become well-attuned to that world? Those things, they've kind of popped up here and there and i just i wonder about them but that's no scientific evidence or anything on that but essentially the horror seems to be like if we can feed that and balance that with as much energy and as many resources as possible with healthy diet all of these different components our breathing everything it seems to ground us much much deeper than we think we are currently.
1: I'm going to have to look into that deeper. I got to get in tuned with this thing, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I hadn't heard of that until
0: I mean, it's it resonates, you know, but I hadn't heard of the actual concept. Yeah.
1: It seems to like practices like cold baths or meditation or anything that takes you into a state of um, deeper deep deepness. I mean, even in, in something like a cold bath where you have to be find your calm, you know, find that place where, um, you can remain conscious enough to like, make it through the situation that feels like it's, it's going to kill you, um, or a really hard workout or whatever the thing is that wants you to, to run, you know, pushes you into that flight mode, even finding that space where, You can still be calm because at the end of the day, there's the whatever you want to call it inside of you, the watcher, the 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 higher self that's witnessing what you're dealing with and going, yeah, that might suck a little bit for your body right now, but it has no effect on me. That's
2: beautiful. I'm chilling,
1: you know, (laughs) so eloquent, (laughs) (laughs) so eloquent. (laughs)
0: We also do a pick your poison at the end of every show. Renato sent one in for you. Would you rather know when you are going to die or how you are going to die? Although you will you will not be able to change the time or the method.
2: Ah, oh, that is a trip. I don't know because it's like, so if, if it was destiny and how I was going to die was told to me, what if I never did that thing? What if I never went on a cruise ship or whatever, right? How does that work? So would I how would I behave differently <laughs> mm-hmm. knowing that mm-hmm. as opposed to when? I don't know. I probably maybe maybe when. I think when would be more comforting throughout the entire life experience.
0: That's what I would choose too, because I just think mm-hmm. it would be more useful in life to know when as opposed
2: to how. Like because how it could happen during any moment. Yeah. That's interesting. It's not as useful.
0: But Mercedes always chooses the opposite, so. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: don't know. I can see her coming I... <laughs> up with a reason why. <laughs> I was figuring one out just so that I had something. I know. But I, I, I tend to feel like I want to go with I want to know when because then I can at least make the mm-hmm. most of my time or something. But if you know how you're going to die, there might be some story you could weave about how do you make your death? as effective as it possibly can be. And maybe that's more effective than knowing the time you have and then trying to do what you can in that time. Maybe a death, as we know, because of the death of many great men and women, for that matter, can be Mm. more effective than a life, right? Like, I think that's accurate, I would say. We know Martin Luther King's name so well mm-hmm. because of his death. We know Jesus's name so well because of his death. And the mm-hmm. list goes on and on. So I don't know if you want to be heralded as, as a saint or something, you know, that that could be the better answer. Maybe there's a, po- a really positive and humble still way of knowing about your death to, to benefit the world somehow or, or re- help you reach a goal that you want your life to stand for. I don't know.
2: That's an incredible response that I literally would have never thought of.
1: Mm -hmm. I've said that before. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. So there's a few short questions we like (laughs) to ask everyone who comes on the show. First off, if you could hug your younger self right now, what would you say to him?
2: Probably follow what you're feeling. Like truly follow what and how you're feeling and understand it as much as possible and i feel like most feeling is intuition if you get really really deep into it but i mean it's so funny that you brought up what you did at the beginning of this episode because i've kind of always been this way you know and i've also i've been mm-hmm. very aggressive i grew up very very aggressive so it's not that like the masculine really? aspect of me wasn't there in some whatever whatever way that may be but my um, my dad, I know that he would worry about me as a kid because I was just fucking caring. And he didn't know how that would, you know, mm. translate into my adult behavior. But it's kind of become one of my more strong abilities now that I've kind of just, no matter what was said about it, just followed it and built it and strengthened it and mm. understood it and comprehended it and applied it and watched what happened in a sense observed you know from a patient manner and not just observe in that moment but like observe how that ripples and it's so amazing when we get into like plant medicine because for me it seems like to be like the medicine knows who you are in a way that you already know who you are but it just knows how to present you the information for you to really comprehend like the core of your being. So it seems to like give us these answers to questions that we may have never legitimately asked, but we've always wondered. And with that, I don't know, just that, that deep understanding is there's there's purpose to why you're both the way you are. There's purpose to why I've been built the way I am and my parents are the, are the way they are. And for us to boil down individually and, and understand that part about ourselves, I just think it's just invaluable. So to follow how you feel and what you're feeling. Mm.
1: Like yeah. That. that goes back to that mindfulness, you know, just to, to listen. And a lot of times yourself. when
0: things go wrong, wrong quote unquote or whatever, Um, I don't know. I'm on Skype. You guys see <laughs> Whenever <laughs> things go wrong. We can look back and think that our gut reaction, our, our initial gut instinct was correct. So, uh, that's a really good a really good thing to remember is to just keep that in mind and trust yourself.
1: I still need that message now.
0: Yeah. Um if you could have the whole world read one book, which would it be?
2: Damn, that's a good question. That's a really good question. It's
1: always the hardest one.
2: <laughs> um oh man, so many books come to mind. I would probably say one of the books that has like legitimately changed my life at like The Perfect Timing was, mm. um, like, it's called Healing Back Pain, The Mind-Body Connection.
0: Mm. Mm. I have okay. The Mind-Body Connection.
2: It might be the same book, um, but it l- legitimately breaks down, like, how our emotions are stored in our body and how when we're feeling physical pain, it may actually be just some sort of emotional association to... A moment that's causing that pain and now we think oh when I sit down I get back pain because I had back pain one time when I sat down so instead of like it's actually probably not that it's probably something that's stored deep and now it has a reason to present itself so when we actually kind of feel where these pains are in our body and we kind of welcome them and accept them and kind of like delve deep into them and understand or try and feel Comprehend why there's pain in that part of my body. I found insecurities in my body that because like parts of my hips hurt and it's bizarre. So when I like when I legitimately when I've recognized an insecurity, my hip pain has gone away.
0: Yeah, you carry insecurities in your hip, Mm -hmm. insecurities and fear and anger, actually, too. That's fascinating. It is. The other day, Sunday morning at Ecstatic Dance, I was sitting and this girl uh came by and started pushing right here, like my mm. um, upper right trap, like really, really hard. And it felt like she was hitting something, uh, pushing on something like a rock, not, not like an actual muscle or not, but like a big rock under my skin. And as she was like pushing it and kind of massaging it out, I felt, this is going to sound so weird, but I felt um, a releasing through my grounding cord and there is like, it was too much for her to um like push all out in these couple of minutes but i i i thought like whatever i'm carrying right there i need to get it removed because
2: mm-hmm. there was like
0: a releasing through my grounding cord just with her pushing it for a few minutes mm. so it's really interesting where we carry um certain um past pains or certain um current
1: emotions in our body human touch is so important too i think mm-hmm. in moving it through our body yeah. getting it out but also sickness, because that, this whole thing fascinates me. And I kind of, I already wrote down the book as you're telling me. Um, But when we, like, I noticed I would be constantly getting sick when I was working jobs that I didn't like, mm-hmm. I didn't like, you know, I didn't want to be there and whatnot. And, and also when I was in a state of mind, and this is only, you know, a year out or something where I f- finally been recovering from whatever this has been happening in my, for the last 30 years of my life, 30 plus years of my life, where I would get into this pity party, I want to call it like a pity party state of mind. And it would be this pattern that I would need to have um, my, my partner feel bad for me. Uh, and I think and I noticed it in myself, and it comes actually from something one of my parents does uh, has a pattern doing um, that I learned obviously as a child, and they still are doing it. And the other day I called them on it. I think that was the first time I like started understanding that this was so deeply connected to you know my my inner child, and um, that I had been literally causing myself to get sick over and over again throughout my life, especially in times when I was more stressed, uh, because I needed to have this like pity pattern repeated, if that makes sense. But anyway, I think that's really interesting. I, it's like I said, it's fresh for me. So I still need to do some work figuring all that out, but it's, um, it's, I think, I think being able to tie the idea that when we're sick or we have dis ease in the body, we, It's not just because we picked up a germ. I mean, I I know people go, no, you're crazy. Maybe I just got a bug. You know, I picked up something somewhere. Yeah, you picked up a bug, but why did the bug, why was the bug allowed to fester and grow into Mm. what it grew into? There's stress in the body. Where's the stress coming from? Well, I've mm-hmm. been working a lot and la la la. Yes, but where else? Because even when you're not necessarily working a lot, you know, your body is being stressed by what's mentally happening inside of you, what's energetically happening inside of you. And as we can dissect it and figure out how to release all those toxins, whether they're mm-hmm. mental, spiritual, physical, um, I think, I think just first of all, accepting the fact that these Ailments can come, or this disease can come from more than just a bug. Mm-hmm. You know, we have these amazing bodies that can do so much, and
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's almost yeah. like we disrespect them when we just mm. let the old patterns continue to happen. Mm-hmm.
2: It seems like that's like the perfect blend of Eastern and Western medicine. And that mm. seems to be like the future of health remedies, is yeah. understanding like it literally is a combination of multiple different pillars.
1: Yeah. I'm reading a book right now actually called uh, Eastern Body, Western Mind, Mm. which is uh, very much about how to blend the chakra systems and, uh, you know, obviously mind, body, spirit. So I'm sure it'll be in line with this, but I'll love reading what you what you gave us there. I'm sure so will our listeners. Thank you for that. Yeah, of course. Okay, so if you could whisper one phrase to everyone on the planet, what would it be?
2: Within stillness, we become.
1: Yeah man it's really good
2: within stillness we become we become more aligned we become more grounded we become more perceptive more receptive we become more balanced more harmonious more aware more mindful more responsive it's was deeply presented to me during um a ceremony and it's literally just been embedded in my in who i am
1: that's the magic trick right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Zaren. Yeah.
0: Before we let you go, where can people find you and your work?
2: So I do have a podcast called the Expand Podcast. That is X P A N D podcast. We have a website that is w dot expand yourself. That is XPAND Yourself dot com we have two products releasing this year that I have been working diligently on and our whole team has. And I'm pretty stoked to see the the response from the entire community of people in the near future. It's pretty wild. It's pretty cool.
1: That's awesome. Looking forward to all of that. Yeah. And, and I wish you so much luck on your show because it's already changing my life. I know it's changing mm-hmm. the life of anyone who does listen and let the messages come through. Um, And I want to say thank you more than just I did in the beginning about the way you're able to hold space, especially Mm -hmm. I I don't want to call it like sacred space for the people on your show, especially for us right now. But and I'm sure you're like that in person as well. Um, But I think that's so powerful. You're speaking beauty into people and you're allowing them the space to integrate it and absorb Mm. it and then and sometimes reflect it back to you which is really awesome and sometimes give them the the stillness like you're talking about or you're coming in with such a calm presence that it allows them to hear their own thoughts and then relay them or articulate them really clearly to the world and I think that's that's like a a superpower so thank you for being Mm -hmm. superhuman in that way and I also want to just say that you're your energy is really grounding like just being here with you i feel like i today i'm i'm all over the place cuz i mm-hmm. you know i've been doing a million things i haven't you know sat down and really calmed down and and then we jumped on the show and and your energy is so calm and grounding and maybe it's that stillness you're you're speaking about that you practice often but it makes me want to be around you and i think that's like so cool you can be this like attracting
0: mm-hmm.
1: beam of light for yeah, the people are, you see you you
0: are very very grounded um mm-hmm. and the first thing mercedes said about you is true f- about mercedes and that's one of the reasons why mm-hmm. she probably sees it so strongly in you is because it's in her that's why she
2: recognizes it
1: mm-hmm.
0: so, mm. but yeah you're very grounded
2: thank you both so much <laughs> It's mm-hmm. thank you thank you Like, genuinely, thank you for your recognition, for your ability to even perceive these parts of another person. Like, that's something to be noticed and to pay (laughs) attention to. I mean, what we perceive in other people is so intriguing to me because, like, why do we see, quote-unquote, negative things in other people? Why do we see the beauty? And it seems to be, like... Just asking that question. Mm-hmm. And we see in others,
0: what is in us? And we see yeah, the world yeah. not as it is, but how we are. Yeah.
2: There's some deep knowledge to that, some mm-hmm. deep universal alignment there. And thank you both so much for yeah. asking thank me you to for be coming on. on. You've had like an, an amazing lineup already. So it's I feel honored <laughs> to even be mentioned here. It's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. You're thank just you. adding to that. Thank you. We're excited to be on your show yeah. too. Yeah.
2: It's very, very mutual. <laughs>
1: Cool. Thank you, Zaren. Thanks, Zaren. Thank you both. Bye. Mm. Dang. He that had a great super energy. Good. Yeah, yeah. I really I, I really could see myself hanging out with that dude. He was cool. Yeah.
0: You know. He's like you he said, very grounded.
1: Yep. So, Next time in boys, they have to look him up. <laughs> so what do you <clears throat> have
0: for magic this week?
1: All right. So I just copped a new mantra and I'm digging it. And if you follow me on Instagram, you probably already read it. Um I got it from a TED Talk, and we're going to see if the guy from the the TED Talk who um, gives this talk can come on the podcast to chat about it. But in the meantime, I'll give you his quick story as I remember it. So he was a drug addict, and he was really struggling with that, and he went many years struggling with it um, until he found... I believe the 12 step program and in the program, he had a sponsor of course, and his sponsor gave him this mantra essentially. And I think it's also similar to, to the ethos of how that program runs or how they ask you to live your life. Uh, and what that is, is to practice rigorous authenticity, surrender the outcome and do the uncomfortable work. So, The way he gives that story is that he, you know, after he got clean, he needed to get a job because he hadn't had one in three years. And so he went to a job interview. And, of course, he knew going in that there was going to be a three-year gap of employment missing on his resume. And the person interviewing him was going to go, what happened in those three years? And he was going to have to either decide to lie or be rigorously authentic, um, like his new mantra states. And so he called his sponsor and said, What do I do? And basically his, his sponsor repeated the, the mantra, practice rigorous authenticity, surrender the outcome, do the uncomfortable work. And so that's what he did. He went into the interview and the guy asked the, the interviewer asked, What have you been doing for the last three years? Why what you know, in this employment gap? And he said, I was a drug addict and he gave him the true true authentic truth and surrendered the outcome because obviously he expected the guy to go sorry we we're not going to hire a you know former drug addict we that's too risky or whatever but because he was so authentic and because he surrendered the outcome and he did the uncomfortable work of going into that office and telling the truth in that interview he got the job Um, The guy hired him on the spot. He ended up with a job and he continued to practice that mantra over and over again, being authentic, surrendering the outcome, doing the uncomfortable work through his work at that um, company. And he got like eight. uh, What do you call it when you get promotions, promotions? (laughs) I can't Mm -hmm. think of the word. He got like eight promotions in eight years. He ended up the CEO of his own company. He, you know. Uh, met his gold goals and exceeded them and all through practicing this mantra. So it's a pretty powerful story. I recommend you guys go listen to that. Uh, It's called the TED talk is called great leaders do what drug addicts do. It's by Michael Mm. Brody. Wait, really powerful. Loved it. And I would just add or I'd plant the seed perhaps that if we come at life with truth and love, you know, authenticity relentlessly, we will build the faith we need to surrender to whatever comes our way with easy acceptance and move through the painful work of it with grace. And I think that's how you implement all of what um, Michael Birdie Waite is trying to say in his TED Talk. And and then there will be a moment, a pause, where we get to absorb the energy we've manifested through all that hard work and all that work of implementing that mantra. And from that place, that's where we grow. So to put it into a mantra again, one more time. So you hear it in your head, I'd offer practice rigorous, rigorous authenticity, surrender the outcome, do the uncomfortable work. And I'd also add then integrate with gratitude. That's really good. I really, really like that mantra a lot. Um,
0: both of our Thanks. magic tricks kind of went with what um we talked about was therein, which is really cool. Um mine. So I've been trying to reframe uh like my language. Um mm. so instead of saying things like being a single mom is hard financially, to instead say something like, Because I'm a single mom, I'm being smart with my money. So mm. all positive <clears throat> all positive wording. And so, um, in that, instead of saying sorry all the time, I've been working on saying thank you. So that's my Mm -hmm. magic trick to offer to you is next time you catch yourself saying sorry to instead say thank you and see how different you feel. So, uh, an example, like something that happened today in the beginning of the show is that like, I get a lot of anxiety either when I'm late or when someone else is late and I know where that comes from. I know that, um, I know where I need to, what I need to work on. Um, it's, it's, it's a process, but if I'm late, I just feel so bad for the other person. And then if someone else is late, if first of all, if they don't even say, sorry, they just show up or they just, you know, whatever, then I feel kind of like undervalued, um, Mm -hmm. especially with my time. But if they, if they do show up and they say, sorry, it doesn't feel, if you think about it, it doesn't feel as good as if they were to say, thank you for your patience or thank mm. you for waiting or, um, the, the, them saying thank you. If you think about mm-hmm. it, it makes you feel appreciated and yeah. that your time did matter other than them just pop like, popping in and saying sorry because it doesn't for some reason the word sorry it it, it, it's a negative it's Mm -hmm. it's, and it's also a little bit more empty so Mm. um i noticed this came up for me um this saying, thank you, instead of sorry, uh, about a week ago when I went to, I took, um, a date to a wedding, uh, a friend date. And I kept saying, sorry, cause the wedding was so long and he was on crutches oh. and it was just a very traditional you wedding. Sorry a
1: lot. I'm I know. And it was like,
0: it was like a very crowded wedding. So I kept saying, Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. And he kept touching my shoulder and saying, Jade, I thoroughly enjoy my time with you. I came here because I want to be around you stop saying, sorry. And after like the 10th time he was like, why are you doing that? Like he wasn't saying that it came off insincere, but he was letting me know that it could, but -hmm. also letting me know that it almost came off insecure because it was Mm -hmm. like, I didn't think he was enjoying his time around me. So with that throughout this last week, I, like yesterday I vented to someone and instead of saying, Oh, sorry for venting. I said, thank you for allowing that space for me to, to let that out. And mm. in those words, I didn't only make that person feel appreciated for their kindness. I felt worthier, right, yeah. o- of that person's kindness. So and I didn't feel so insecure of like, oops, like, what are they going to think yeah. of me now? And then switching from sorry to thank you has just it's put me in a greater alignment with myself and my communication with others has I feel it's been more genuine and straightforward as a result. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've given up assuming blame or insinuating wrongdoing for simply just being Who I am or living Mm -hmm. my life. Yeah. Because mistakes happen. And then I also didn't realize how insecure my persistent apologies made me feel in my body. Yeah. And made me sound until I made the switch and felt that feeling. I literally felt that feeling go away. Um, Like when I told that person today um, about the venting, Mm -hmm. I didn't feel insecure like I did when I was thinking about saying sorry. So, Thank you is used to express gratitude. And that's something that we all want to do more of, you know, is, is put beauty out there, like we were saying. So it expresses gratitude and beauty and appreciation for others, whereas sorry can just become an empty automatic response with no real meaning. And it is kind of how it sounds. If you listen, there is a time and a place for a genuine, sorry, and a genuine apology, of course, but if we can replace it with thank you, um, it is much, much stronger and edifying to both parties.
1: Oh, this is my favorite magic trick by far of all time. Yeah. I came up with it right before the show. I know that's when the best come because you, but you know, you needed to do it for a while now. So it's probably been like accumulating up there, Mm -hmm, you know? That's true. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I love that. I'm definitely, I'm definitely using that ASAP. But it came
0: at the, I I did it at the perfect time because it was so relevant to my last week and a half. So, um, I was able to, um, I, pro- I was able to provide like my story with it. Whereas before I don't know that it would have applied as much on a soul I love level. It.
1: That's that's perfect. Glad yeah, it came thanks. the way it did. <laughs> and I feel like I'm going to figure out like, how do you, how do you think you can use that in a conversation with your, uh, romantic partner? Um, the reason I ask is because I notice that Chris often says, sorry, like, it's kind of like a sign off thing when we have any kind of argument and it's to it's mostly to like end the conversation and move on, you know, like whatever is going on. He wants to just be like, sorry, move on. And I understand that he wants to end it and he has other things to do with his life and stay in an yeah. argument. But how could you use thank you? You think in that maybe
0: like thank you for your understanding
1: and your forgiveness mm. or thank you for this conversation, because I think I have a lot to think about now yeah. instead of. Some, you know, Thank sorry, you for this conversation. Thank you for this this uh, tool for me to learn or learn for me to grow. Yeah,
0: I think I think that's a good way. I would like uh-huh. to hear that.
1: Yeah, I think I would like to hear that much more than sorry. I do feel like sorry is often empty because we've heard it so much in our lives. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Thank you, Jade. And thank you, Jade.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, you guys, thanks for listening. We hope you found this conversation as interesting as we did. If so, please share it with your friends and family. This would just mean so much to us. And remember that you can go to our Instagram page at The Magic Hour to ask us or any of our future guests a question. Talk to you guys next week. Until then. Be, a light. be a light.
1: Thank you to Zarin Beatty for being on our show today and to at Raytone Royal for our intro jam. And of course, to John Garza from Real In Motion Productions for producing the show. Love you guys. Quick disclaimer. We are not medical professionals, so following any of our protocols or advice should be done at your own risk, people. And please remember to always, always do your own research tap into that extraordinary growth mindset we all have access to within ourselves and seek out your own answers. Come on guys, you know, you know the deal. And by the way, if you are a medical professional or an expert in any topic we cover and you feel we are not giving accurate information about it, please find somewhere to contact us. Contact us via social or email us at our website and let us know. A major goal of ours in doing this podcast is to bring value to people's lives by sharing helpful insights and info. So we welcome being corrected at any time and we'll be happy to share any of our fuck ups with our listeners so as to get us all back on track to discovering our happiest, healthiest selves.